Welcome to the, I almost said welcome to the show, but welcome to the meeting, to the Barnes Sunday morning service. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, you can call us at 1-800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And good morning to you guys who are here. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in on this football day. Is it football or basketball? Football. Uh, see how much I know about it, huh? <laughs> Super Bowl day. Oh, uh, that's football, right? right? Okay. Everybody excited about the football thing? No. I'm surprised anybody showed up today. The way they're celebrating is carrying on about it. Um, we we're talking about, we're not going to get into it, but we we're talking about a straight and narrow path, where it is. And uh, Stephen, just, you're absolutely right. It's here and now. If you're conscious, you're one mind with God, you're on that straight and narrow. It's not inside of you. It just, it's the present. It's the presence. Uh, so, right on, Stephanie. So, you guys can come out of your bellies. And uh, you can come out of your heart and come out of whatever you said. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, That's right. Sometimes the wife can lead the husband. How do you know we're wrong? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> any questions from last week, meeting or anything? And, uh, we're talking this year about endurance, to endure. That's what we're doing this year, enduring. Yes, James? Yeah, uh, somebody asked where it said to know yourself. Right, to know thyself. Yeah. And then I also had a question, how do you endure things the right way? How do you do it the right way? Uh-huh. You don't resent anything. You have to relax and count it all joy when you're going through things. You need to know that it's a good thing that this is happening to you. Okay. And so if you just, if you have to face a difficult challenge, that's a good thing. Just don't resent it. Don't be angry about it. Then you can, that's how you endure. That makes sense? The reason it's difficult for people is that the first thing is to become angry about it, frustrated. Why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why are you mad at me? Why, why do you disagree with me? Why you don't like me? You know, or they judge themselves. You know, if uh, I used to be insecure in some areas, and I hated myself for being insecure. And I didn't realize that that was okay to be that way, and that whatever I had to face was helping me to overcome that. I didn't know because no one had told me, and I wasn't connected with the source that teaches me all things, so I didn't know that, yes, I'm insecure, here's an opportunity to overcome it. You know what I mean? Sort of, yeah. Sort of, you don't quite get it? Let, let's say, are you afraid to approach women? Let's say you see a pretty girl you want to talk to. Yeah. Do you shake your boots before you can talk to her? Uh-huh. Well, see, that's an opportunity for you. You should go and deal with her anyway. You're going to be shaking in your booth. You're going to be nervous. Your mind going to tell you that you're going to make a fool out of yourself. But that's okay. Because it's not going to turn out the way that you think that it will. That's how you overcome that. You face it within yourself. And then you, if, it, if there's a phys- physical way to face it, you face it that way too. Okay. Is that clear? I think so. Yeah. You still think so? What is it? What do you say? 
Is there more I can say to make it clear for you? Because I want to get it clear for you. I don't think there's necessarily more. Oh, okay. Anything you don't understand about that? I'm not sure. Not, not really. Okay. But that's how you overcome it. You face it. You go toward the pain instead of running away from it. You have to go to it and just stare down and get over it. That makes sense? Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it takes. Uh, Ermis had his hand first. Yes, sir. So I was going to say, so are you saying you should approach all the pretty one on the <laughs> You should approach the ones that you want to talk to, right. for sure. And not, because your mind will try to talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, you're not handsome enough, or you're too weak, or she's going to know that you're afraid. They're going to tell you all that stuff. But you shouldn't pay attention to it. If it's someone you want to talk to, go talk to them. Really. And if they say no, then that's fine. You're getting over something else. That makes sense? But do not run from it. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Because tomorrow you'll be weaker than you were today. (laughs) You have to face it. I think you are today. Um, Yes, sir. So when you do that, it always turns out different. What if it... Turns out like your mind thought it was going to turn out. It never does. <laughs> <laughs> like it does sometimes to me. I understand. If you don't resent it, it will never ever turn out the way your mind. Me if, now, your mind may say, "Well, she's going to go off on you, or he's going to go off. He's going to get mad." That may happen, but the way you turn out is what's important about it. Your mind may say, well, that person's going to go off to, because it doesn't want you to go and get over it within yourself. So yes, the person may get angry, become angry. And that could be true. But you still go face it because it's not about that person. It's about you overcoming it. Because you can kind of know that you can see the personality in some people. And you know if you say certain things to them, they're going to get upset. I've already done that to a whole lot of folks. I know they're going to get upset before I say something to them. And so I'll say it anyway and see them get upset. <laughs> You're just saying, like, just go ahead with it. Don't let it bother you. Yes. Yeah. And when they become upset, you just kind of look at them. You slow down. Be still. And watch them coming up, becoming upset and yelling. And don't, don't run from it. Your body, your, that thing inside want to run. Now they're upset. You want to hurt her if you get out away from that situation. Don't. Stay there unless it's a physical thing where they're going to hurt you. If it's not physical, then you, you stay there and let yourself calm down and get over it and then walk away from it. Because that person that you're standing there facing down as they're yelling and screaming, they're feeling so insecure. And the more you stand there, the worse they get. They want you to leave too. <laughs> Just like this thing wanting you to leave. But if you stay there and let it die you walk away a free woman. Isn't that amazing? That is so nice to know that. You have no idea how many times I ran before I understood how to deal. I, I ran a lot of times. I just got away, couldn't handle it. Mama go off, I'm gone. But you got to stand it down. You got to overcome evil with good. That, that helped. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's an opportunity for, for both people to grow, so... Hopefully there's an opportunity for the other person, yeah. but definitely one for but you. Definitely one for you, yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's but hopefully, but because... But mainly some, you're working on it. Yeah, because sometimes if you stay there and deal with it, yeah. 
and the person that goes off and call you names and act all kind of ways toward you, they'll start feeling a little embarrassed and feeling bad about it. And they'll come back and say, you know, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. And they have been helped then. But if, both, if everybody running, yeah, right nobody getting help. And that's what God does to us in our consciousness. He's, he keeps trying to let us see how shameful we look, acting a certain way, and hope that we will repent. Yes? I had a story. I remember when I was dog grooming, um, this guy, I did a first-time customer, and then he, um, I, he told, I told him I'd call him when his dog is finished, and, and I, <clears throat> no, I told him that his dog would be ready at a certain time. And then he called, and after that time, and I told him his dog was ready, he said, oh, why didn't you call me? And I said, I told you your dog's going to be ready at this time. He, then he said, started getting angry. He said, I'm going to sue you. I, and I started getting angry because he was making me mad. And I said, you can't sue me. And then he ended up hanging up on me. Yeah. And then I was, like, shaking. That's the first time I've ever been that mad. I was, right. like, shaking. And I just called my sister, not to get any advice, just to tell somebody how yeah. mad I was. And then... Um, then I, after that, I decided just to calm down. I'm not going to be angry at him when he comes in. I'm just, if he doesn't, if he's still angry when he comes in, I'm just going to let him have his dog, not charge him. Just let him have his dog. I'm right. not going to argue with him. And so um, when he came in, because um, uh, I told another customer was there, and I told her this guy was about to come in. He might be yelling and stuff, but I told her what the deal was. And then so he came in, and she was still there about to leave with her dog. And then she said, Oh, Stephanie, you do such a nice job. You should charge more and stuff like that. And she was happy with her dog, and she left. And then he saw his dog. It looked nice, and so he just, he didn't say anything. He, did, he wasn't mad. He just took his dog, and he became one of my best customers. He always tipped when he came in. He's the nicest yeah. one. Yeah. I love enduring. Yeah. I love being patient because it is so rewarding in so many ways. Yeah. It's better than going off and overreacting and, Carrying on. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. And, and I love the way you dealt with that because you didn't know for sure how this guy would come to act. Yeah. It's how you react to him when he comes in. That's what's important. Yeah. That's what the reward is. Right on. That's a nice story. Mm-hmm. You heard that one before, Pat? Yeah. yeah. I told him I forgot. Yeah, you know how men are. Words are good about once a year. Yeah. <laughs> It just goes in one ear and out the other. But no, I love that. That's a good testimony. Very good. Yeah. Anybody else? James? I can't think of Do you like hanging out with guys or just girls? No, I, I like hanging out with guys. Uh, but your favorite thing is girls. Yeah, girls. sometimes I prefer to hang out with girls, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I think um, that was really good advice because uh, for years the fear of things would keep me from doing a lot, you know. And finally, when I realized it's okay to be afraid, just go through it and don't fight it. Yeah. things get better that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, you know, back to that real fast about the uh, straight and narrow path. I heard the preacher say about that. I read it in the Bible, and I just assumed that I knew where it was or what it was, I, know, I didn't really know. You know, you know, you hear about the straight path, you're like, oh, okay. You hear about the wide road, you're like, okay. You just kind of assume you know things, but you really don't know. And it's just amazing to me how we can assume. It's like something wrong with us. Don't you think something wrong with us? 
It's like we'll go through a whole lifetime thinking that we know, assuming that we know, and we don't know. I've heard that all my life, and, and all week I've been trying to figure out, when did I think that the straight and narrow path was? What was I thinking about it? How come I just assumed that I knew what it was? Now that I know what it is and where it is, it is so freeing up. You know, it's like you know what you're doing now because you can now see that pathway. You know where you're on it, and that's a good point. I just realized. Now that I know that it's here and now, because God is here and now, it's like you know what you're doing now. You know where the path is. You know you can tell now we get off the pathway. If you don't know where it is, how do you know where you get off it, you know? And so it's like it's so freeing up to know that it's in the moment. It's here and now. Because now when you get lost in your imagination, lost in your head, you know you're off the path. Before, I didn't know that. And it's just so nice to know. I love the way he reveals things to us so that we can know. The devil has us all confused and he think that he makes us think that we know what we don't know. He convinces us that right is wrong. And we can go a whole lifetime thinking these things and never becoming a free, free people. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm amazed. That's why you got to get to know yourself so you can see how screwed up you really are. We are really messed up. We've been, we've been educated into our mind. And that's the worst thing that can happen to us. We've been overly educated from day one. Anyway, yes, Susan. This is kind of embarrassing, a lot embarrassing. But with Mary, you know, I have a problem. Um, with Mary? Mary. Oh, Mary. And um, Mary. here we go again. I just want, no, I just want to say I that told you about those interesting relationships. To, I used to think what I used to think I knew why I was so mad about certain things that she did. Yeah. But now I'm not. I'm questioning myself. Like, what's going on? You know, what is this all about? Because I think I have a big problem with authority and and with yeah. women. I everybody, but. Now I'm kind of coming out a little bit to look and see what is really, what's this about? What am I mad about? Yeah. What am I arguing about? What? And it's kind of painful because <laughs> I've gone a long time this way. And, um, yeah. So Good. it's kind of hard. But well, if you want to find uh, God real fast, <laughs> marry a black woman. <laughs> I'm joking. Just joking. <laughs> yeah. like this morning I was driving up right down the lane to this woman. She starts to come up and she almost hit my car. She heard the expletives I had for her. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, no. But you know how you just, it's just an automatic like you. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. On your way to church. On my way to church, right? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't hear me, but. Yeah. Well, that's good, Susan. You're waking up. That's what's I important. Think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure Mary forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> right, Mary? No, I mean, it's like, you know, you can't. You, you, it's the blame game. It's like, I blame you because I don't have it. So yeah. you blame the other person. It's like, I didn't do anything wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's good. Wake up. Keep waking up. I like that. Whatever it takes, as long as we wake up, that's so important. Yeah, I have to do it because I have no choice. I, that's right. You know, I've tried escaping from the truth every other way, but yeah. it's not working. I love that you have no choice but to wake up. 
There's no other choice but to wake up. I like that. Um, anybody else? No? Um, on my radio, yes, sir? Oh, you're looking at me with your mouth open. <laughs> on my radio show, I've interviewed truckloads of Christians, truckloads of preachers, both black and white, but mostly black preachers, but I have interviewed some white ones as well. And what I've noticed is that uh, there have been a falling away from God. There have been a falling away from the truth. And I don't know when that happened. It seemed to have happened in the middle of the night or something, and we didn't see it coming. And I noticed that with these preachers and Christians, they all sound just like the world. There's no different in their personalities. There's no different in their conversations. There's no difference in their mind thinking, the way that they think. And they justify everything. It is amazing because when I was growing up, it wasn't that way. You know, you could tell the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. And, but now you can hardly tell the difference. It's so bad now, they say that my Christianity is personal. And I'm, I'm thinking, what's the purpose of having a light that you're going to hide on a, on a tree or something, you know? It's supposed to shine. These preachers make up excuses about abortion. You know, they support people who support abortion. And you ask, why do you support this person that support abortion? They'll make up excuses about it. Well, everybody does it. Uh, who am I to judge? Or I don't, they'll say, well, I don't believe in abortion personally. But yet they support people who do support abortion. You got, if you ever hear the show, you're going to see this madness going on. And God said that there should be a difference between us, children of God and those who are of the world. That you should be able to distinguish between the difference. But you can't hardly tell nowadays. Are you guys noticing that? And if you have not noticed, just listen to the radio show when you get a chance. The dialogue that's going on between me and my guests, they just, they've lost it. And what they don't realize by losing it, that we're allowing, they're allowing the world to take over and, and, and because the world is ruled by the devil and is of evil, of the devil, it's over for us. You can't hide your Christianity under a tree. You can't support people who support abortion and same-sex marriage and everything that's wrong and then feel okay about yourself and think, okay, I'm representing God. You're not representing God. You're a liar and the truth is not in you. And the preachers are doing that nowadays. I can hardly get one. I can't even tell you when the last time I had one on my radio show, unless it was a white preacher. who, And then they're not all the way with the truth because there are things that they don't see clearly either. But I can't tell you when the last time I had a good interview with a, a preacher who was truly awakened. They can see what's going on. And 99.9% of them have degrees. They've been educated. They have all type of preacher degrees. They have gone to school. I think that's what has impacted their lives in such a negative way because they're so educated. And uh, so they're thinking like the world think, think. And that's why it's such a mistake. That's why God said, don't let anybody teach you. When you come here, I don't want to teach you. I want us to have a fellowship. I want you to, I heard Patrick say, hopefully you guys brought something today to share. It's a giving and receiving. It's like if you always come to get, 
you're not going to get anything back. But if you bring something, if you're discovering about your life and you're waking up and you can't wait to share that with the rest of the people in the meeting on Sunday, you're coming with something and you're going to get more back by bringing something. But if you just come together every Sunday, you know, you, you make it through the week and I can't wait to get to church Sunday to hear what Jesse has to say. You allow yourself to be taught and you're getting nowhere in life. You're really not. It may feel like you are. And you may even go out and quote what Jesse has said, but it's just a quote. It hasn't changed your spirit, no insight from it or nothing because you allow yourself to be taught. Do not allow people to teach you. It messes you up, folks. I'm telling you that. Now, let me clear it up a little bit because I know people read stuff in. Now, if someone's going to teach you how to build a house, if someone's going to teach you how to get from one point to another, you know, you take this route, go that way. I don't mean that kind of teaching. Is that real clear? Yes. But this other knowing that we, we are about God, you can't let someone teach you about God. They should testify about him, but they cannot, you can't learn about him and become a child of God of him. It's a discovering thing. You must be born again. And these preachers and these Christians have been taught out of their minds. No common sense, no insight, and it's real. It's uh, it's very interesting to see that happen. I don't know what's going to happen to the world, and we should know God ourselves. We should know that we know Him, and there is a way to know that you know Him. I don't let people teach me, and I listen to everybody. When we have these meetings, and you guys give me feedback, and I see that you have some insight, it is so refreshing to my spirit. So I, I learn like that, but I'm not remembering what you taught me. And I love it when people are waking up. Um, my, question, my first question, because I have three questions today, um, and I wrote them down. And the first one is, first, this, is, this first question has a two-part to it, I just realized. How many people here know God? You know that you know God. <clears throat> Only one. Only two. Can I get a three? There you go. There's a four. <laughs> so you know you know God, right? And the rest of you don't know that you know him. Um, let me ask, Fabian, since you raised your hand first, and I'm glad Doug wasn't here to say anything. Um, tell the folks, how do you know you know God? How, how can we know that we know God? When you, when, like Stephanie was saying, when you're not in your thoughts, you are in the moment, and in there, God can direct you and does. And it's really pretty simple, really. You know, when you're not, when you're not lost in your, because the thoughts are always competing with our common sense. But that, you know, that that silent knowing, that's that's there. It's it's always there. So when. When you're not lost in La La Land, you just are in that good place. You're in so that's how you that's how you know you know God. Yeah, because He reveals through that He reveals, He moves you. He shows you. I mean, without words, what to do, what you know, the the right way to go. He puts things in your path. Um, he changes your whole life. I mean, my whole life is like, I feel like my life has just started. I'm 46 years old, you know, and that's okay. It took me so long, but. You know, I'm, I'm just really grateful for it. Um, 
And I saw two more finally went like this. Oh, you raise your hand. How do you know you know God? And, and I'm asking because these things we need to know. We need to know. Did, did anybody understand or agree with what Fabian said? Yes. You agree? Yes. Okay. I mean, I understand. I mean, no, what, he said, what he said is the truth. So that's how you can know you know God? Well, I didn't raise my hand. Because that's, oh. that's, that's not a dimension to knowing God than beyond what he's talking about. And what's that dimension? When you're born again. You know God. You know God. Then you really truly do know God. But after the time you're born again, you, you know of God. You can see what Fabian is seeing. But uh, there's, there's, uh, it's different when you are born again. Um, so, Fabian is not talking about being born again? No. He's not? No. So, if he's not born again, how can he know he knows God? Because, you know, I, I can see the same thing. You know, um. when, I'm not, when, when I'm not in my thoughts, and, uh, and uh, in, or not only that, better yet, you know, I can see when I'm being tempted in my, in my mind. And, uh, Something is showing me that I am being tempted in my mind, and it isn't me showing me. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so Fabian doesn't so know what you're talking that's about. That's similar. That's similar to that. You know, when you see, you are able, you really able to see things clearly. <laughs> okay. What? Can I add one quick thing? Also, I thought so. I just want to add one thing that that definitely, when you have the power to not be angry you you know the world that used to influence you in certain moments doesn't anymore and doesn't have that power over you that's how you know you know God yeah because it can you can see the temptation and let it pass yeah that gulag was delicious that thing it really was man gulag yeah is it called gulag gulag that's the right name for it yeah gulag that's exact that's the exact name Robert May had a dinner party last night and he made gulag it was so good it made you want to slap your mama <laughs> so since the mama wasn't around, we slapped Robert. <laughs> but it was delicious. Anybody ever had goulash? What's more important, salvation or goulash? <laughs> Good goulash. <laughs> okay, you, um, you raise your hand. How do we know when we know God? Communicate with him, and then you know. Uh, I had two others scarily raise their hand. I think, Frankie, did you raise your hand? Yeah. How do you know this? Just for the fellowship of others, how do you know when you know God? Because we need to know that because we need to stand out in the world. Well, how do by, we know when we know him? By my relationship, uh, really, no man has really seen God, but you've seen his son. So uh, I have a personal relationship with his son. Um, I walk by a certain light, different light now. So, okay. yeah, I mean, God, no man really has seen Him. So, uh, but if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. So, uh, that's how you know you know God. Yeah. All right. Is this helping a little bit to the ones that don't know? No. No. It's not helping. Why not? <laughs> because they're explaining. They're explaining. Maybe. Maybe partially what or who God is. They're not explaining how they know God. 
I haven't heard anybody here that I've heard explain how they know God. They've only said uh, he gives you freedom, he gives, you know, those words. They're not really telling how they know God. Uh, do you know him? I don't know. Oh. Irma's raised his hand, but he ran before I can get to him. <laughs> Let me get him. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know, learning, um, the, earth, the world's type of learning is in the mind. And, um, you know, most people with education, they learn this way. But uh, the other type of learning is, uh, is things are revealed to you. And half the Bible is written in stories and parables. And uh, the reasoning mind cannot understand it. And you can't explain your right. relationship with God. It has to be revealed to you. You have to right. discover it from within. You can't. That's why I wasted you know, time to go to preacher school. Now, yeah. if you're going to preacher school because you want to learn mechanical things, like run a business and you know how to kind of get business in order, that's fine. But you should not go to preacher school and let somebody shell the Bible down your head for four years or two years or one year. You just come out with a head full of knowledge. And it's so apparent to me from doing these shows. I mean, it's just so apparent. And they, they are so into it, they disagree with the truth. I can tell them something that's right in the Bible, absolute truth, and they'll disagree with it. It's mind-blowing. I don't know why that... Well, I understand how the devil is working. But the devil is deceiving the people. He, he made a promise to God that he was going to do it. And he's doing it. And he's doing it with the preachers. How do you deceive a preacher? You know what I mean? Or is it just me? Maybe I'm on drugs. But you can't fool the preacher, could you? If you've been called by God. You can't even fool the Bible at the go-to guy. Have you heard the Bible go to God on the radio? Yeah. He's fun, huh? You heard him, Mary? Mm-hmm. He's something else, huh? You like him? Yes. They, they yell at him. They call him all kinds of names. <laughs> yes. He was a big person. No, he let it roll right off his back. He's the Bible go-to guy. I'm starting to like that title now, Bible go-to guy. I didn't like it at first, but I like it now. Yes. I think where they really mess up in the Bible schools is where they, they give the interpretation. It's one thing if they want to show you some history or kind of point out where you can find interesting things about the Bible yeah. and how it was done and what the people were like in those days and right. the, the people, the countries. The personalities, but, the do's and don'ts and stuff like that. But when they get into the interpretation of the words written, they tell you what those words mean. Sure, you're right. And That's where the problem is. And they're contrary to common sense in a lot of cases. Yeah. Everybody turn your phones off then. See, if you had been born again, you would remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Well, it seems like it's very easy to change people's opinion and fool people when you get into an intellectual reasoning thing. You yes. reason, you give them lots of words. Lots of uh, arguments and stuff, and they change their mind. All you have to do is sound smarter and have confidence in what you're saying. That's right. You can change the minds just like that. That's what really is. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's mind blowing. Yeah. All you have to do, and a lot of you folks sound confident in what they're saying, and and when you listen to them, they're not saying anything. Even the person that sounds confident in what they're saying, they're really not saying anything. But it just sounds so good. But it has no. Sounds it has smart. no meaning. <laughs> None at all. None. Yes, sir. Um, where it comes from is not so much the intellect, you know, where they, they can get in, because the intellect can't explain things. 
I'm sure Moses used it to explain the Ten Commandments, you know, when he came down, because there was words on a stone. Yeah. And they all kind of understood what it meant, and any, anybody who didn't, he would explain it to them. Because, see, the difference between Moses and most preachers is that he had authority coming yeah. from his obedience. Most preachers don't know how to obey themselves, and so they that's why there's such a disagreement, because they now are using their intellect to excuse away their disobedience themselves. And so now... The scriptures become all twisted as to what they mean, and yeah. you know they'll gladly even rewrite the scriptures like they've done throughout the ages. They rewrite them on the radio show during the interview. They'll rewrite the scriptures right in front of my face or in front of my ears. <laughs> they don't have the answer, so they'll rewrite the scriptures right there. Isn't that like mind blowing? I'm, I'm thinking I don't believe what I'm hearing here. This this is not real. When did this happen? It's like I went to sleep and woke up and the world was gone. God was just out of the picture. Yes, you know. And then I'll take the mirror. I'm sorry. I remember one time I was listening to a preacher on TV, I think it was, and I heard him say that it was about Jesus in the garden and uh, just before his crucifixion. I heard him say that Peter had a chance to change his mind. Now, <laughs> at the Last Supper, Jesus already said what Peter was going to do. So did Peter have a choice? No. That's right. He said, you but know. But the preacher said that, and it just struck me that. They, they, they have changed, they're they making that. it up as they go. And then you better not applaud. If you applaud, that Bible is over. <laughs> they're going to change the whole thing. Yeah. He told the whole group yeah. of them that you're all going to scatter. It's amazing. We got to wake up, folks. We got to get serious about this, but not freak out kind of serious. I'm here, I'm blessed. I am so fortunate that I'm doing these interviews and I'm not believing what I hear. I am not believing what I hear. I had one preacher recently, last Friday, to tell me that uh, he supported a person who supported abortion. And I said, well, do you, do you support abortion? The way I said, yeah, up to a certain point. If a woman, uh, one of the reasons he supported abortion no, it wasn't like with a mother. It was a saint's dumb. But I'm like, you supposed you're a preacher with and this guy had a PhD and an MSD and a preacher de- degree. Just educated out of his mind, supported evil. And they're just okay about it. They're like relaxed in it. Like it is no big deal. And I'm thinking about the congregation and people who go and hear these folks every day. You know, listen how look how they're setting them up because they're allowing themselves to be taught. They're listening, they're learning, they're believing it. Yes, ma'am. Um, um, my um, thing about um, believing in God is that, you, you know, you, you when somebody puts you on the spot and says it, it's like, oh, do I really? I don't know. But you have an interpersonal relationship, too, that you can't define in words, so you sometimes don't really know you don't what, really you, what know. you think. You know what what comes out. I mean, it's like yeah, I I know I have a relationship with God. I mean, I feel saved and spiritual, and there's a lot of things that could have gone different had right. I not had the right kind of belief. But then you think, well, is that really true? You know, you start doubting what you know sometimes. You start like, doubting that you really know. You start doubting him. that I, I really know, right? right. Well, I'm about to show you in the Bible where it says you can kind of give you a better idea of how you can know. 
our common sense should be able to tell right. us. But since they wrote it down to kind of help us along the way, I want to share it with you. You had it in your hand. A few Did I get you already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, it, um, you know, like in the Bible, it talks about uh, being double-minded. I see half of these preachers, I mean, you know, they they just, uh, like the guy that, that backed up uh, the president over here, they're, they're, ha- they're like uh, halfway, you know, they talk half, or once they're, you know, one side on one time and one had the other side yeah, on the other. That's amazing. You can't be... You can't, be, uh, you can't ride two horses. That's right. Absolutely. I even have white preachers who are afraid to say things about black people on my show. And uh, I'll be like really nice in the, in the beginning and I threw out a bomb at them. <laughs> Do you think black people are more? Well, I can't say that about black people. Why not? If you're a man of God, why can't you say that? How can you say you're born of God and you're not going to love black people enough to tell them the truth. I'm not getting that. Why do you have fear to tell black people the truth if you are from God? Just think about those souls that are going to come in your pathway and you're not going to be able to tell them anything because you're afraid of what they're going to say and where they're going to act. But this is what's going on in America today. It's mind-blowing. I don't know when it happened. I think it must have been going on for a long time and it's finally just kind of there now. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night. Like, how did we get to a point where we like losing our country? And um, kind of helped answer that today a little bit because I was like, "What happened? What was I doing?" You know, like, yeah. like you know, it just like, happened right under my nose somehow. And um, but you really bring it back to the Christian church. You know, it's supposed to be the salt of the earth, as it says in the Bible. Yeah. If the salt of the earth is there, all this stuff wouldn't be happening. That's right. And the salt has been removed, and, and these, these godless people are just running over the, the earth. And they're having a field day. And they're getting the assistance of the preachers. They're helping them along the way. I was reading this article this week about Barack Obama chose this guy to... He's trying to decide if he want to continue with the uh, uh, religious outreach. Where, what, what did President Bush call that? Faith-based initiative, yeah. And so what they want to do is see how to run this program and, and give these churches money so that they can continue certain kind of programs. And then they said, well, we're not sure if we want to do it because what, if we give it out, we got to have some restrictions there. The churches won't be able to decide who they can choose to work for them. They have to be all open to bring in everybody to work for them, whatever their beliefs are. And I'm thinking now... And I'm not, I'm not politicking, I'm talking about spiritual stuff here. Now that this guy's in there, he's going to be giving out the money to these churches. Can you imagine the number of churches going to take this money? You know, they're not going to resist that money. And that means they're going to have to change all of the church rules. And they're going to allow anybody to come in with any kind of belief. And it's over now for the churches. Because that money is going to, that money is going to come first. And that's going to be a lot of money. And, and, and they're going to sell out God. Now it's over. Because this guy will put the money in so that he can bring in all this other stuff, this godless stuff. And I, the lights are going out. They're very dim right now. Very dim. When, when President Bush started this whole thing, a lot of the preachers went over to the Republican Party, and they told me, many of them said they went, not necessarily they were Republican, they went for the money. Because he has his uh, church-based thing. And now they're going back over there where that, where that money is, that's where they go. You have to have a strong spirit 
to resist a lot of money for wrong reasons. You really do. Because money can draw you in. You know how money can do you sometimes? People kill your own money. You don't feel like killing somebody over a dollar? <laughs> you feel like, <laughs> you know, some money makes you want to hurt somebody. <laughs> it's amazing how money has a pull like that over you. It has a pull over you. You can lose a couple thousand dollars and you want to jump off a bridge over dollar bills. And so the churches are going to, if they do start that program, especially black churches, they're going to take that money. And they're going to make up all kinds of excuses for it. Well, who am I to judge? My, my Christianity is personal. We shouldn't hate this group or that group and that kind of stuff. It's over. And I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the only one seeing this happen, right? Yeah? Yes, ma'am. Let me, let me take each other first. Who's that country? You know, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. It happened on our watch. You know, it, it happened when they took prayer out of school. Yes, you know, ma'am. It happened when we kept our children in, the, in those public schools. It happened when we, you know, it, it kept happening little by little. And we were there. I mean, yeah. it was us that did it. Yes, ma'am. But it feels like I was asleep and didn't see it or something. It like I'm just not really waking up to it. It's really bad. And I don't remember it happening. But you're absolutely right when you think back. It happened when we accepted that first welfare chat. And took the fathers out of the home. It happened then. It happened when we decided we're going to have a black team and a white team, a black government and a white government. It happened then. When we didn't fight gay rights. That's remember right. We're not out there fighting a war. That's like amazing. Remember back when they started Maybe saying in the churches, people were born again. I mean, they were. They, that became a what? I I didn't belong to any churches, but I noticed all of the churches started coming up with this thing about. I've accepted Jesus, and all you know, all you have to do is you can keep sinning, but as long as you profess to, I don't know, I don't know. I don't even know. I can't remember when that changed it either. That was years and years ago. I remember that. when that happened. All the churches. It seemed like something just came over all the faith. I think even the Catholic Church started. Kind of adopting that um, thing. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I forget when that happened. When did that happen? That the church say yes, you can be born again and still sin. Yeah. And just don't worry about. It, pack yourself off and go. I remember when it happened. I didn't raise my hands. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I remember when it happened in our community in Chicago, because I remember being in high school and my cousin got pregnant. She could not stay in that high school. Yeah. She had to go to family in Tennessee That's right. and have that baby and then bring it back. Yeah. I also remember when another young lady got pregnant or other young lady and they started allowing them to be in a classroom in the school. It yeah. was okay. Yeah. And now, last week I just heard that the, one of the saints in the church is pregnant out of wedlock and they're throwing her a big baby shower. <laughs> you know. After a while they're going to put a delivery room in the church. <laughs> yeah, it'll make them some money. They have some nurses in the delivery room and soon you can sit there and go right next door there and have that baby. Come on back in here. But it's on our watch and, and you know, we're not, we're not teaching our children. Yes. You know. I mean, when I took my children out of school and homeschooled them, I was wrong. My whole family. They attacked you. That was that was crazy. Yeah. I left my job to teach my children. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm I'm blown away by this. I am blown away. 
And then talking to these folks on the radio every day is really blowing my mind. I'm like, well, we ain't in a state of emergency here. There's like almost nothing to hold on to. It's like, we're in a state of emergency. And this is a serious thing, folks, because this is spiritual. It's spiritual. The devil is not playing around. It's not like just taking, he's, he's taking your soul away from you. And then he's going to take every generation's soul after that. Because if your soul is taken, you have nothing to pass down to your children. You have nothing to pass down to the stranger on the street. You have nothing to pass down but evil. But evil. And it's all evil. It's all evil. Um, I want to go quickly to uh, about how we can know we know God. First uh, John chapter 2. Turn your Bible to first. Oh, you got one. You all sitting there if you don't have one. Now, the people that don't have one feeling all bad. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> Are you feeling uncomfortable that you don't have one? See there? No, it's okay. Don't worry. It's in your heart. I just wanted to, you know, after interviewing all these preachers, and I'm thinking, how come they're not teaching this if it's in the Bible? You would think that they would teach what's in the Bible. But they, th- they take it and twist it. Uh, 1 John 2. Uh, chapter 3. Maybe my Bible is different than yours. Well, 1 John is like a, you know, an epistle. And, and I thought you meant John, the, uh, the gospel. No, 1 John. 1 John. 1 John. First John. Well, man, we know that. He's not with us, though. I didn't hear him say 1 First. First John. Chapter 2, verse 3. I'm going to read it and I'm black and I'm going to say in advance forgive me but I got to read it Uh, to keep the commandment especially that of love in this way we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments whoever says I know him without keeping his commandments is a liar that's one way if you're not keeping his commandment you're a liar you're doing this stuff and talking about you know God you're a liar isn't that like simple? Yes. But they are excused that way. Oh, we're not perfect. But why is God asking us to do something that we can't do? It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, let's see. If we keep his commandment, who, whoever says, I know him without keeping his commandment, commandments is a liar, and the truth has no place in him. But anyone who does keep his word in such a one God's love truly reaches its perfection. This is to prove that we are in God. Whoever claims to remain in su- whoever claims to remain in such a person must act as he acted. My dear friends, this is not a new commandment I have written for you, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the message you have heard. Yet, in another way, I am writing a new commandment for you, and this is true for you, just as much as for him. For darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever claims to be in the light, whoever claims to be in light, but hates his brother, is still in darkness. And how many of you still hate? You get angry. Uh-huh. You're not in the light where you have hatred. You absolutely cannot have any hatred and be in the light. 
None. If you have any. And so I'm saying that so you admit to yourself that you're in the darkness. Will you get angry about your challenges? Will you blame others about your problems? When you hate yourself or whatever it is you are, you're in darkness and not in the light. And you'll be, you may be able to quote scriptures and say things about God, but you're lying if you have it inside of you. Anyone who loves his brother remains in the light, remains in light. And there is in him nothing to make him fall away. You cannot fall away when you're in the light because there is nothing in you to make you fall away. If you don't have any anger, how can someone cause you to become angry? Doesn't that make sense? Yes. Yes. But the preachers are not telling you this. They excuse this away. We're not perfect. Oh, one day we'll get to heaven. Um, where was I? But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walking about in darkness, not knowing where he's going because darkness has blinded him. That's how you can know when you know God. Isn't that so easy and simple? You can't hate your brothers. You can't sin. You can't carry on like this. You act the way Christ acted in the light when you know him. Because it's not in you to do that anymore. It's not in you to hate your fellow man or hate yourself. I don't hate myself. I see what I am and I see how I am and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm relaxing that and let him take care of it. Why hate myself for something I have no control over? And why hate others? If I don't have any control of my life, why am I going to hate my fellow man who has no control of who have no control of their or who has no control of his life or her life? It doesn't make sense. You can't change your life. What are you going to hate somebody else for? Be mad about it. Uh huh. What do y'all think about that? Yeah. Anybody here? <laughs> I don't want to overdo you with this reading, but it's so important. Yes, ma'am. God, then you're not, it's not like you're on a path. You've, you're there. Yes, ma'am. It's not all these, like you're tempted, you, you get a little mad, but, it, but you're watching it. It's not that. That's right. It's that you've, you you're are, there. Te- you're there. Yes, ma'am. You're on the path. Yeah. You're just living it. You're living it. Yes. You're not on your way to the path, you're right. on it. And there are many roads that were situation, and I call them roads, but situation. That would bring us to the path because everybody got so many problems, right? right. But there's only one path. Mm-hmm. But there are many situations. You know, whatever you go through, whatever trauma you've had, that's what can bring you to the path. But there's only one path. And it's here and now. And when you get on that pathway, all this other stuff will fade away. Your anger, your resentments, your, your doubts, your fear. Now that doesn't mean the devil gonna, won't stop coming to you with ideas. How many people know that? You could be on the path and he would still come and tempt you with ideas. But you had a power now to tell him to get behind you. Meaning that you just resist it because you see him coming. If you're in the light, you can see. And you're able to resist. He's still going to tempt you with thoughts. I think some people think when you get on the path, then thoughts cease. You don't have any more thoughts. It's not true. He reminds you of some of your old traumas and try to pull you back in by getting you to remember and resent, you know. But you have the light shining now, and you can see it. And then others that see that light in you too. And that's what helps them to want to come to the path, because they can see it in you. Does that make sense? Yes. It does to me, yes. dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Me and one other Christian. Okay. Yes, Pat. Can you explain the difference between knowing yourself and knowing God? 
<coughs> to know yourself is to know Him. Because knowing yourself helps causes you to realize that you're not God. And it's He that causes you to see that. The more focus you put on your own self, the more you can see by the light, you can see Him. Because you see things about yourself like, wow, I didn't make myself this way. Or I can't change this. I've already tried. You start seeing, what am I doing? And it's like it's drawing you to Him. It allows you to see Him when you can see yourself. The more you get... That's why you got to keep eyes on self. When somebody attack you, don't just stop looking at how you're dealing with it. Keep your eyes on yourself. And not just look at them. But you'll see them too. And you're able to resist. But it's for you. It's absolutely for you. And you can see if somebody tries to do a trick on you, they're not being, you know, they're playing a game, they're trying to manipulate. But the important thing, you see how you deal with it overcoming. And then they will see it too, and you can change their life just by the way you deal with people. I see it all the time. But this is how you can know. If you keep this commandments, you're not keeping the commandment, hang it up, goodbye. Go back to your prayer closet. And the other stuff you guys said is true, but it needs to be made simpler for people, you know. Yes? But when you say the commandments, you're not referring to the Ten Commandments. No. Yeah, that needs to be made the commandments. The commandment is to love your brother. Because if you can love your brother, love your enemy, you're going to keep the rest of them. They'll come into play. And those old habits that you have, cheating on one another, lying and carrying on, they'll start to fall away once you have love. Because love casts out all that stuff. It's perfect. So, it, it, you know, it perfects your life. So, the sin is not necessarily those other things. It's the hatred that brings those other things on. So, if you can love your brother, that's what he said here, love your brother. That's the greatest commandment. Because it's greatest because perfect love casts out everything else. It will cause you to overcome everything else. Smoking cigarettes, smoking dope, uh, whatever. Fear of women. Yes, sir. That makes sense? Anybody disagree with that? No. You disagree with it? No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, let me take this young man. Yes. That's right. There's a commandment not to, not to hate, okay? Not to resent and not to hate. Yes. That's how they turn you around. You were saying, how did they turn things around? Yeah. They say, it's okay to do this thing. That's it's right. It's okay to do this thing. And then you resent it's the okay fact to do. that they said that, right? Yes. And then they say, you're hateful. Yes. You need to be more tolerant and more open because you're a hateful person. You're rejecting <laughs> people who have abortions. You don't like homosexuals. Yeah. You're a bigot and you're a narrow-minded. Yeah. And you're a hateful person. And we stand for love. <clears throat> and the way we love people is we don't, we, we don't make these pronouncements. We don't judge people. We don't, they have a reasoning way <clears throat> to turn it around. And you're being taught by the devil when you fall for that, too. They're being t- you're being told what love is. Yeah, love is that's not right. to reject these people, not to re- take these negative stands. Yeah, and so many people falling for it, yes. even uh, yes. the preachers. That's right. Now, I can see the world falling for it, but I cannot see the preachers falling for it. Because that's the last hope you have, for the most part. The fathers have already failed. They have not guided their families in the right way to go. So you go to church to try to get some help. And if the church is saying the same thing that the world is saying, it's over for you. Unless you have so much pain, you cry out to God for yourself. But they, may, they take away your pain by making you feel like it's okay. We are not perfect. No man is perfect. I hear that all the time now. 
So then why is God asking us to be this way if we can't be that way? He should say, just wait until you get to heaven and then you'll be perfect. <laughs> just sin, have some fun, get up, brush yourself off, take on the next one. And when you get to heaven, but he's asking us to do this stuff now. Or these things, I don't want to call it this stuff. But these things now. But we're listening to the wrong source. Yes, ma'am. If God's commandment is to love one another like you love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yes. Isn't didn't Jesus say that that's a new commandment? I give you a new commandment. Yes. So, um, it's one commandment. It's one commandment, not commandment with an X. Right. Because that that love works everything else out. That's why if you could just come back into His love, His presence. Then all your little problems are going to fade away. And then you're going to help other people bring them to that so their problems will start fading away. You don't have to go to a psychiatrist. You don't have to go through a five-step program. Or what do they call that? Twelve steps. Twelve steps. Twelve of them. You could be changed at the twinkling of an eye. Now the devil come and try to make you think you're not changed. But you can see how you operate now in love because you're not affected by the world around you anymore. You know, it's just, your stuff is just stuff. People are just people. You know, things are just things. You're just disconnected from it because you're operating in love. And love will stop you from drinking and doing everything else. It really will. And then you take on your challenges and you won't resent what you have to go through. You won't judge it based on what you've been taught. You just, you're discovering. You're just living your life. And I love that. That's the easy way. His way, when he said his way is easy, he's absolutely true about that. This, this wide road, that's a hard road to live. With fear and doubt and worry, insecurity, can't speak up or you speak up in the wrong way. Or, you know, that's a hard road to live. Insecure when somebody look at you. Want to look like everybody else and act like everybody else. Oh, uh, we get a new president in the White House, now everybody wearing the same kind of haircut. <laughs> and it's crazy. It just, they're, they're trying to find their way from the outside and not going to work. Let me take Francisco first. Yes, sir. You know, in the old days, they didn't speak like the church wasn't like this. Uh, now it's completely backwards. They use the Bible to be uh, not perfect because, you know, the Bible where it says, be ye perfect, uh, but they interpret it that I don't have to be perfect. I, could, uh, I make mistakes. And so now that's being preached. The opposite is being preached. Yeah. They also, um, um, it also says, uh, be not angry, be not angry. But they use, uh, when Christ overthrew the money changers, they use that as an excuse to be angry, but they don't have any idea what being angry is about. So it's completely the opposite. The Ten Commandments have been completely uh, turned around now in this modern day. And so right is wrong. Uh, Bad is good, and evil is good is evil. Yeah, war so, to the man who called good evil and evil good. It's a shameful. It's happening. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm blown away by it. It's like somebody came into my house and stole my flat screen <laughs> TV, and I didn't know it until a week later or something, you know. And I've been going in and out of this house and never even noticed my TV was gone. <laughs> and a week gone by. It's like something happened. I was asleep to it. And I know we've been talking about it for years, but it didn't look like, it did not look like it was happening. 
in the manner that it's happening. It has happened. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I, I was wanting to clarify something or have it clarified. Um, I, I, uh, regarding anger, it says um, that you can be angry but don't sin. It, it says that. Right. It? Yeah. Meaning that it doesn't don't say hate. Don't be angry. Right. It says be angry but don't sin. I raise my voice, I yell and scream. I, I'm angry at what I'm seeing going on. But I feel nothing about it in my spirit. I'm not feeling mad at the people. Mm -hmm. I just see that we have deceivers now right. who are taking advantage of the people with the Bible. Right. It's because people think that you're not supposed to be angry. Period. Yeah. So. No, you better get angry. Yeah. And get busy. You know, I raised my boy and they said, don't be angry. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I, I know myself now. I'm not going to let myself. I don't want to be angry because I don't want to lose the light. Meaning that I want to hate. As long as I don't hate what I'm doing, I'm fine. That's how you protect yourself. Don't, don't resent. But you better speak up. You better scream. And that's what's wrong with the Christians now. They're all so nice. We don't want to offend. You're too harsh. Uh, let's just tip your toe. Let's just pray. And like the devil's like, okay, you got to go pray. We'll do the rest. While they're off praying, and their prayers are not even being answered anyway, the devil's having his way. While they're off praying. When the last time you seen anybody's prayer be answered? Thank you. The prayers are not being answered because the prayers of a righteous man avail of might. You've got to be righteous. A righteous person is out front, leading the way, not following some devil. Anyway, yes, sir. That was really gonna have a, uh, its time right now because he he confuses he confuses everybody. Who uh, the devil? You know. Oh, yeah. He says like he, he, it says hate the sin, not the sinner. Everybody go everybody's going around sinning and and, it, and it's gonna get in trouble with the government and everything, and they won't get they and then they switch and, and take the money, and, and they can get in trouble. They're gonna pass laws that you know about hate. They have, they pass laws about hate already. And it gets you on, on hate, the, instead of hating the sin, people hate the sin, and they get, they're going to be a hate, all kind of hate laws being passed. Um, whatever. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. That, I know you mean well. Yeah, it's going to have a lot of hate laws. That's what you're going to get you. Yeah. Can you turn that heater off on me? Yeah. I'm getting hot up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did I see another hand? Yes, sir. I think a lot of the preachers you're talking about, they a lot. Some of them, I think a lot of them know what's right, but they they don't have the courage to to stand up to these like pro-abortion people and the people in their parish. So their light fades because they don't they don't. They That's don't, a, a interesting statement. They 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 then they end up doubting. You know, they fall to doubt, and then it becomes watered down. And they end up losing their sight because they don't have the courage to take the stand that they have to take. I'm going to ask Stephanie and James this question. I think I already know the answer. I'm just asking for fellowship reason. Can you, like he said, that I think these preachers know the truth. They just won't stand up for it. They're sold out. Can you know the truth and not stand up? I feel like I can. You can? I, I, I mean, I've known Steph, but I haven't stood up. I'm sorry? I've been pretty sure that something was right, but I didn't say anything about it. 
Yeah. Do you agree with that? That you can know the truth and not stand up stuff and go another way? Then I think it would be hard because you know the truth and you're in the light. Yeah. I've thought about this question because I've heard it before and I've said it too that these preachers know the truth but they won't stand up. Now I think they may just know about the truth. They kind of know right from wrong but I don't think it's in their hearts because I don't know how you could be born of truth and not stand up. Do you know what I mean? I think there's an imit- imitation. Imitation? A false thing? Imitation of truth. I think they know it intellectually. But you cannot be born of the truth. You have nothing else to fall back on but truth. How, how do you not stand up if you're born of truth? That's your nature. You know, that's why God said we must be born again, right? Because if that's your nature, then you don't have a lie or fear of anything else to stand on. So I do think that they, because I've thought about this too. These people know the truth. Why are they not standing up for it? They know about it. But I don't think it's of their nature. Because if that's who you are, then you have to be who you are. Kind of thing. That makes sense? Yeah. Anybody disagree with that notion? Oh, you disagree, Faith? Well, I, generally I agree, but I think some of them, they, they do. I mean, it seems to me like they have some common sense. You think that they've been born again? No, not born again. Well, they, they don't know the truth in, in their spirit. It's not their nature. Well, they can still have some common sense. Like they know, like for instance, like they know clearly that abortion is wrong, even though they 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 got all other issues. Right. But they don't take a strong stand because they want to. They don't want to have to deal. You know with what? I just realized what the problem is. Don't you like it when you just things just kind of pop to you, whatever? Um, yeah, they know that, but they have fear because they don't have perfect love. Right. And that's why they can't take a stand. They're afraid of losing the congregation. They're afraid of what others are going to think about them. They're afraid of losing money. That's why you need this perfect love. Because if you don't have that perfect love, you will bag down a little bit. Have you noticed that? Yeah. That's what's missing. That's what's missing. And I'm a witness to that. If I didn't have this perfect love guiding me, there would be many times I would bag down too. Because How are you going to handle all that hell that's going to come at you? Or when people walk out on you, they don't, how, how are you going to run a business or church if nobody comes and bring money? You're going to have that doubt there if you don't have perfect love. They must, that's why God said we must be born again. We need a new nature. That's deep, right? But thank you, man. I'm glad that doesn't have anything smart to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I can come up with something. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But uh, like you always say, you know, once you are reborn, it's more like a choiceless thing. You don't have a choice. You that's have right. to do uh, you the have right to do thing. So when they're not doing the right thing, it means that they don't know the right. That's the right. right way. They're not. They don't have that person have, love. So there's so many choices they have to make. Yeah. So do I stand up and lose the crowd? Do I stand up and be embarrassed? Do I stand up and lose money? What will my wife think? What will my husband think? Yeah. What will my children think? What will my friends think? They're they're, they're making decisions about truth. Yeah. Because they're only, I, you're I'm only sorry. To, to to God. You're only riveted to God. That's right. So, it doesn't matter what anything. I can care less. <laughs> it's nice though when everybody's on board, yes. but it's not my first thought. Right, it's not your first. It's not my first thought. As a matter of fact, I'm a little surprised when people get mad and want to walk away. I'm like, I just told you the truth. What you mad about? I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you the truth, and they walk away. But that's not my first thought at all. And I love that, and I wasn't that way before he changed my heart. And I was a Christian at 15, at least I thought I was. But I was like that too. I was afraid of certain things, especially to stand alone. 
Okay. Did I see your hand, Patrick? Well, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead, Pat. <laughs> hey, I'm running this. Well, I mean, you just called him first. He said no, he didn't have any comment. Um, I have a, um, I have a, a, a serious problem that I just realized this week, you know, the, the simplicity of it, what it is, what it actually is. And um, I just happened to be reading a few scriptures, and they, um, a, little, a little bit after I read them, I, I understood what it was. And, and uh, it's basically that um, the reason why so many people are weak and, and uh, you know, not strong for God is that um, they hate correction themselves. Yeah. And um, there's uh, scriptures in the Bible that talk about correction and um, um, how you are stupid if you hate correction. They, they, they use that word, you know, and um, I realize what correction actually is. Make a long story short. For us. Correction is being able to... S- to take what's going on up here, being able to sit down, be still, what's hap- what you're being shown about yourself all the time, the thoughts that are coming and stuff, yes. and you're being able to put up with it, is 24-7 correction. And um, most of us, I mean, especially me, I you know, can't handle that correction all the time. I, I miss meditations here and there, you know, because I just, at certain times, I just can't handle the correction that's coming upon me. One thing I want to tell you about the imagination, all these different thoughts you get... 90% of the time, the thoughts that you're getting are not about you. It's not true about you. He's just trying to make it be true about you. And uh, because just if you become aware of yourself, just think about this kind of stuff you throw on you. And then if you think that that's who you are and it's about you, you're going to become angry about that. The devil gave us a lot of things to think about. And most of the things are not about you. And you need to see that too, so you don't think that, oh, I'm just this no good, outright, downright. Look at what my thoughts are telling me. Those are not your thoughts, they're all lies, and most of them are not you. Does that make sense? Yes. He gives you a truckload of things. And if you were all those things, you might want to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> Even God said, you know what, just forget it. Okay. If you're not all those things that He's throwing on you, he want, He's just trying to give you things to. For you to believe that is you, and the moment you believe it by becoming angry at seeing these things he's giving you, then it will become you. It'll make a home inside of you. Most of the stuff is not you. You're not all this stuff. When I go along with my correction, I know, I mean, when I go along with my thought, I know I have refused correction. When I don't go along with my thought, I know I have, you know, accepted correction. Just let it go by. It's not me. Yeah. It's like a movie. You're not everything that's in the movie. So you just let those things go. That's why God wants us to walk by the light so we can see how the deceiver is messing with us. We're not all that stuff. Some people feel so bad about themselves because they believe everything that their imagination told them. And they've accepted everything. And so it just, it, it's destroying them because they believe that's who they really are. Patrick, you had a question before you walk out? Yeah, there's a difference between... I, I was just thinking about this. But there's a difference between what you see about yourself what the devil is telling you about yourself. Yes. The devil's always telling That's you. That's right. The devil's always saying you're angry, you're fearful, you're whatever. Kind of like he's just piling on the coals. Yes. But I just kind of like sitting back and like, what is really true, you know? And, That's right. And, and, and to see it in a different way because that's the way I have 
always gone about things and just kind of taken that stuff and running with it. And believe that it's all a thought world that looks like it's being shown to you, but it's a, it's it's counterfeit. It's not a real thing. Everybody understand that? Mm-hmm. There's a difference in what you really are and what he tried to present as you are. That's why you got to know yourself so you can know who you really are rather than what the enemy is telling you about yourself. Because people collected all that stuff. Yes, Stephanie? Oh. Yes, baby? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. That ruined my life. I thought I took guilt from the thoughts. I, I had evil <laughs> thoughts and I, I felt guilty for the thoughts. Yeah. I literally I understand thought, I hear it all the time. And I just went in a shell for years. And you are not your thoughts. You are not all of this stuff that the devil is telling you that you are. Or what people think about you and how to act. It's not real. It's, not, it's a lie. He's trying to draw you in. You have any questions about that? Well, you look puzzled. I was puzzled because I was thinking if you're not any of those thoughts when you're quiet and you're meditating and you're quiet in your head and you're not a... What are you? Where, where are you? You'll see it. <laughs> You'll see the real you. He'll reveal it to you. It's a quiet... Yes. Yes. And that's a good question. Let it hang in the balance. Don't let someone just totally tell you. And he'll, he'll reveal it to you. And one thing you're going to see, you're definitely not all these different thoughts that are coming to you. Mm-hmm. It's a setup. He'll show it to you. But you've got to separate from the darkness so that you can see. And he will cause that to happen. Alright? So just relax. Throw away the drugs. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes, sir. Oh, no. Oh, you're warning me? No. I was oh. going to say something. I thought okay. you were saying something else. Yeah. Um, did that help a little bit about that? Yes. One, one thing that when uh, uh, Martin was speaking, I don't want you to worry about trying to overcome all of your troubles, your problems. Don't try to overcome them. You want, to, uh, you want the greater thing. You want love. You want to come into perfect love. And that's where your focus should be. Don't try to stop drinking. Stop lying. Stop this. Stop that. Because all you do is picking up other things, right? But your desire should be to have perfect love, and perfect love would cast those things out. So if you're a liar today, it's okay to be a liar for one more day. Tell one more lie. <laughs> Don't freak out about it, because perfect love would change it. That's why, because people are trying to change their lives, you can't change it. But perfect love will. Come into his presence, and things will start to change. The other stuff will fall away. Don't be into that. You want, above all things, you got to have love. And love is, is, is the doctor of life. It will heal all things. Perfect love, not emotional love. But perfect love will, will heal everything else. That makes sense? Yes. Does it feel good to know that you don't need to try to fix your weaknesses? Is, is, is? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure... And I still want to try to fix them. You still want to? Well, suffer and die. <laughs> you can't fix them. <laughs> because that's what you're walking dead anyway. As long as you try to fix them, you're walking dead. You can't do it. He would do it for you if you come into his love. Let yourself be embarrassed. It's okay. It's just ego. It's okay. Just ego. 
Yes. You know, a great, a great story of that is when um, Jesus was seated uh, with a bunch of scribes and Pharisees, and he was, um, they were going back and forth about doctrine. And um, then a little bit after that, he said, um, um, he, st- he, he explained to them about, uh, uh, when I came in here, did you, you know, greet me with a hug and a kiss? Did you wash my feet? Did you, you know, uh, this woman on the other hand, you know, she did all those things. She, she um, you know, she washed her feet with my tears. I mean, with her tears. She, um, she dried them with her hair. She, you know, uh, put oil on, on my body, you know, for that kind of thing. In other words, he said her love will overcome all of her sins. That's right. That's why I say don't try to fix your problems. If you're an alcoholic, just go and be an alcoholic. But see this perfect love first, and it will cast out the alcohol. It really will. You, you won't have any need for it because you have peace. But if you're working on trying to stop being, a, you're going through the 12-step program, you're going to need that program the rest of your life. And the minute your, your, your helper don't call you, whoever's supposed don't they assign somebody to you or something? I've never gone through. And if they miss one night because they got drunk, then you lose it. You know, <laughs> if your helper get drunk, then you're out of it. Don't worry about that. You want perfect love. Your, your main goal is to come into perfect love and everything else will fall away. That makes sense? Because yeah. I used to smoke weed. Anybody know what marijuana is? No. And when I, <laughs> when, I, when, I, uh, when I came into perfect love, I no longer need the marijuana because I, I didn't feel bad. What I need, there's nothing to run from. You know, I don't need to get high to feel good because I wasn't feeling bad. So it fell away because I felt better. Yes? How does in you know, perfect love? Uh, how does forgiveness figure into perfect love? That's what perfect love is. When you don't hate yourself and others, when you can forgive, when you don't hate yourself and others. And now you can't even fake not hating. That's what's interesting, interesting about this too. You might say, "Oh, I forgive. I meditate and I forgive, and I'm walking in the light." You know, I don't hate my mama. And as soon as somebody looks at you wrong, you get angry. You get upset. Or you have to face something. You become afraid. You feel insecure. That shows you don't have a perfect love. You have not forgiven. Because when you have forgiveness, true forgiveness, you don't have any of those things. Alright? Yes. You keep His commandment. That's how you know. You don't have hate. Did it help? Yes. I want to... Time is going by... I said earlier that these preachers are making a mistake by teaching, allowing themselves to be taught, going to preacher schools, taking all these classes, and just you know, then they get a preacher permit, a license, and now they're a preacher. And they go and they teach everybody else. And God said, let no man teach you. You, you know about that? Yes. yes. Where, is that in the Bible? Yes. Where? I don't know where, but it says, let no man be your teacher. So nobody can tell me where to find it. He's not here today. So what? To study, find yourself approved. Go to First John. Uh, chapter what? My Bible. I have a Jewish Bible. It confuses me sometimes. Chapter two, I think. Walk in the light. 
No, that's not it. Chapter 5. Let me see. I have it here. I got chapter 2, 19 to 28. Okay. First jar. Can y'all tell I did my little homework? Yes, sir. These preachers making me work hard. Could you repeat that? Oh, five minutes, huh? Chapter 2. Uh, verse 19 through 28 is what I have here. Just, if you don't have just write it down. You can go to it later. Um, are you guys proud of me reading today? <laughs> I thought about you, Richard. I'm like, if I can ask Richard to do it, I have to do it. And this is about don't let any man teach you. So that you know I'm not making this up. And also, I don't have any preacher teaching me anything. Nobody teaches me. But I learn from everybody. I learn from everybody. I learn from the people on the radio show. I learn from these meetings. I'm being taught without a person teaching me. Yeah. The one thing they do leave out of preacher school is the one thing Paul instructed to happen before anybody preaches or becomes um, a deacon or anything in the church is that they be tested. And these preachers are given all this knowledge, but they're not being tested. They come out of their school and they don't know their character. That's right. That's what's lacking. And I'm always tested. I'm being tested right now. Um, it, let's start with verse 18 on First John chapter 2. Yes. The devil is, is uh, every time I get up in the morning, I see these people. The, the economic times are so bad. Like, people, uh, people are taking the economic the times are so what? The economic times are so bad. Uh, the, these fathers are, are killing their families and all that. I yeah. mean, it's terrible. How, how, how they, they don't have any patience to wait to see if they can make it. I mean, they just wipe themselves out. It's terrible. They're falling for the, death, for the evil trick. Yeah, because they can't help it. When you're of the world, you can't help it. Now, if I say anything in here, you guys disagree, I want to hear it because we need to get an understanding. All right, so don't hold back on me. If you don't agree with this, you don't agree. Anybody disagree with anything thus far? No. Did you raise your hand? Yes, ma'am. Tell me what. Many of the schools, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of... Um, as you call them, preacher schools out there, but many of the Bible. <laughs> I can't think of the name of them. There's seminaries, there's oh, Bible yeah, seminaries colleges, yeah. there, you know, and different makes and models of them. But a lot of them are talking about the business of the school, and I was trying to think about because I'm a graduate of seminary, right? So I was trying to think of what it was that that I learned, and if what you're saying is true, and true, you need to to be proven, okay. Mine had a saying, you know, some went and the others, you know, some were sent and the others just went. Right. You know, yeah. and a great majority of them just went. Um, however, many of, much of what you learn is the business of running a church. Right. Okay. You learn the, 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 the uh, Greek and Hebrew, of course. But much of it is the business of running a church. And I don't know if I have a problem with that. If they're going to teach you how to run a business then I'm okay with that. But they are teaching them the scriptures, and it looked like somebody is just, as they're teaching them, they're also interpreting what it means, and then they're coming back to the congregation telling them that. And it's not like they're discovering the scriptures. They're just repeating them as though they went to some college. But I don't have a problem with the business aspect of it. 
It's like going to a nice trade school, learning how to, you know, because people know business well, and they help you to run it. But I'm talking about the interpretation of the scripture. And, the, and there is, the, and I'm thinking about that. Yeah. There, there is a lot of that. Yeah. It's not one interpretation. Right. Because you have they all have of a whole these classes, of them. and you have all of these people from all, you know, different ones. Oh, one minute, huh? Oh, man. Let me do the teacher thing real fast. Don't let anyone be a teacher. And then I have one more that we won't get to today. We'll do like a part two next Sunday. Is this helping a little bit? Yes. This is so good. Uh, to be on guard against antichrists. Children, this is the final hour. You have heard that the antichrist is coming. And now many antichrists have already come. From this we know that it is the final hour. That they have gone from among us but they have never really belonged to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have stayed with us. But this was to prove that not one of them belongs to us. But if you have been amongst, if you have been anointed by the Holy One and have all received knowledge, I have written to you, not because you are ignorant of the truth, but because you are well aware of it. And because no lie can come from the truth, who is the liar? If not one who claims that Jesus is not the Christ, this is the Antichrist, who denied both the Father and the Son. And there's a, a new thing going out now, that there is no Son, it's just the Father. Have you heard that? Yeah. I'm learning about that. And then if you talk about that, they'll throw you out of the church. But... Who deny both the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Father, I mean, whoever denies the Son cannot have the Father either. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father too. Let what you hear, in the, what you heard in the beginning remain in you. As long as what you heard is the beginning, in the beginning remains in you. You will remain in the Son and in the Father. And the promise he made you himself is eternal life. So much I have written to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. But as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. And you do not need anyone to teach you since the anointing he gave you teaches you everything. You do not need anyone to teach you since the anointing he gave you teaches you everything. And since it is true, not false, remain in him just as he taught you. Therefore remain in him now, children, so that when he appears, we may be fearless and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Let no man teach you we have the Holy Spirit. We have a teacher in you. And I have to tell you, we have antichrists everywhere teaching us. That's the problem. They've gone away from the Holy Spirit and they're teaching intellectual knowledge about the Bible and it's deceiving the world. God gave us the Holy Spirit and He will teach us. If you sit still, if you be still and know Him, the teacher will come forward and He will allow you to see. And He will teach you all things. I'm a little witness to that. And these preachers are telling me every day on my show that you're supposed to have a teacher. Oh, well, who is your preacher? Who is over you? 
No man is over me. I'm not letting a man teach me. I learn from different people. I listen closely. I ask questions. But I don't have a man. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And he's teaching me. He's done a good job for 20 years or so. So when they say, well, you need a teacher, it's blind leaders of the blind. They're lying to you. They are absolutely lying to you. They're the Antichrist. They do not know what they're talking about. Anybody disagree with that? No? And I want to clear it up. Now, I don't mean that you go out of here and don't listen to people. Don't pay attention, because you do learn that way. But you don't want to clog your mind with knowledge. Let it go in one ear, and the Holy Spirit will hold on to it for you. He will sort it out, and He will reveal it to you as needed. But you've got to be in the light so you can trust that. If you're in darkness, you can't trust the Holy Spirit. How are you going to trust the Holy Spirit? You can't even see it. That makes sense? Yes. Anybody disagree? No? no. You've got to trust the Holy Spirit. Let no man teach you. Be careful how you've been. The problem is, we've been taught from day one. The moment we pop out of mama's womb, they start teaching us. They, they started to cut you down right then. I want to invite you to get a copy of my press CD. We have a minute left here. Called Be Still and Know. God said, when you pray, sit still and know that He's God. There's nothing of ourselves we can do. We have a teacher within us. We know what we need to know, when we need to know it. And you got to learn to be still. Go, go to bond, church at bondinfo.org and uh, get a copy of that. And you can always... I'm sorry? Oh, not church at Bond? That's the email. Oh, bondinfo.org. Thank you, Dad. Bondinfo.org. Uh, call us at 1-800-411-BOND. We also need your financial support, your tithes and offers. If you're getting help here, you need to help us to help others, all right? Go to bondinfo.org and call 1-800-411-BOND. But you got to stop letting yourself be taught. It's no, no different than the secular world. And uh, any questions, let me know about it. Bond at Bond. Church at bondinfo.org is our email address. God bless you and God bless you guys too. Thank you. <laughs>